Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome to Arkansas AgCast for January 7th. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. This week, we hear about Arkansas Farm Bureau's top policy priorities for the upcoming legislative session at the state capitol. And we learn about a new micro-dairy operation started by an enterprising Searcy County team. First up, the regular session of the 93rd General Assembly begins January 11th in Little Rock. But as Ken Moore learned in this conversation with Jeff Pitchford, Director of State Affairs for Arkansas Farm Bureau, it won't be business as usual thanks to COVID-19. And that means he and other members of the Public Affairs and government relations team will have to try new ways to communicate with legislators about Farm Bureau's top priorities. I'm Ken Moore, and on this uh, first edition of the year 2021, our first 2021 edition of Arkansas AgCast, I am speaking with Jeff Pitchford. Jeff is State Affairs Director, or Director, I should say, of State Affairs, say that correctly, for Arkansas Farm Bureau's uh, Public Affairs and Governmental Relations Department. And Jeff, uh, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year to you, Ken. Um, hope you ate your uh, your greens and black eyed peas a few days ago. <laughs> I didn't have any hog jowl, though, so I hope that doesn't hurt me. But, uh, well, eat anyway. some ham this week, Ken. Eat some yeah. ham. I've been eating ham over the holiday. I have. Had a nice good. little bit of ham, a lot of ham sandwiches. So I've been good. doing good there. Uh, Jeff, we're here to talk. Uh, we're one week away as we visit uh, from the uh, uh, opening session, if you will, the convening of the regular session of the 93rd General Assembly uh, at the state capitol. And uh, that means you and uh, your colleagues down there uh, in your department that monitor uh, policy for Arkansas Farm Bureau will be uh, you're getting ready right now and you're going to be spending uh time down at the state capitol as you do every other year or really you're down there every year but when the full session of the general assembly's in session uh then you're you just live down there until the uh, general assembly adjourns but uh hey we're still dealing with covid-19 and first thing i want to ask is how is the pandemic going to change the way you and your colleagues do business this year well, Ken, thank you for having me on the podcast today. Um, you are correct. Uh, the pandemic and the COVID-19 situation, as far as the changes, it's um, com- a completely different scenario than we've ever faced before with the General Assembly. Uh, it, a lot of challenges, a lot of things being worked out, even even from the staff over at the Capitol with the Arkansas House and Arkansas Senate, they're still working out things. But every aspect from uh, going through the Capitol every day, getting your temperature tested and everything, uh, to who's allowed in the committee rooms and and not allowed in the committee rooms, social distancing, uh, even the opening session, in the day that the governor is going to give his state of the state speech, the Senate usually comes down to the House and the Supreme Court, and they're all in, in the House chamber. That won't happen. The Senate will be watching it on television from their chamber. The Supreme Court will be back in their individual offices watching it. Uh, the public galleries will be closed. Uh, no guests. 
and it will be that way for the whole session. They are trying their best to have an open legislative session so the public can come to testify on bills during committee. Uh, but that said, they are trying to do their best to try to limit any of the extras. And so we have a big challenge, Farm Bureau, to get our message. We still have a, a list, like we do every session, of bills that will be our priority and the issues that we feel like need to be addressed and, and addressed now here in 2021. At the same time, uh, trying to make those connections, build those relationships, and and be able to uh, be able to uh, tell these legislators about our bills, it's going to be quite a challenge. Uh, everyone texts by now on your smartphones or your your phones. We're all living in a texting world. We will be texting legislators. We will be doing things differently trying to get information and make those connections and, and communicate with legislators and staff in a whole different way. And so uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge, not only us as the staff, but also our county leaders uh, throughout Arkansas and making those connections with their legislators back home. It will not be business as usual. It is a totally different world in 2021. Well, thank you for explaining that. And that's, uh, you know, unfortunate, but that's the world you're, you and the rest of us are all living in. And I know there will be other uh, lobbying organizations as well doing the very same thing. These legislators' smartphones are going to be blown up, I'm assuming, by lobbyists all over the state. They they are, um, you know, and and there are a lot of tools for the general public uh, to, to contact their legislators, and we certainly at Farm Bureau push that with our, our members you know, to send an email, uh, text message, uh, if they have that connection with that legislator. But those things will be even more vital this time than before because physically there will be some challenges uh, getting to legislators and having those face-to-face -face conversations, which are so important uh, and uh, to not only us as staff here but also with our, with our members. But, you know, the, the fun events that I call them, like every year we have Farmer's Day at the Capitol and our members come down and they're able to have lunch and and visit with their legislators on the House and the Senate side, visit with policymakers and uh, members of the of the government and, and and visit with them, visit with each other. You know, those events are canceled this year. There there there's not gonna be any any events like that. No no receptions, no anything like that that our members, you know, give them the opportunity. So, again, uh, we're all going to be faced with that, and, and we see that in our daily lives anyway, but uh, it certainly makes it a whole different uh, ball game at the Capitol. On a smaller scale, uh, I think a hallmark of Arkansas Farm Bureau's policy uh, program, if you will, governmental affairs program, has been those uh, – back home breakfast meetings, if you will, during the session uh, when the legislators return home on the weekends. They might have breakfast with the County Farm Bureau leaders. Will we still be able to conduct those uh, back home on a smaller scale, perhaps not have as large a gathering, but say fewer than 10 people to at least communicate 
our policy positions to them that way? Well, we certainly um, are, are going to be sending the message and uh, visiting with, with counties over the next couple of weeks. We want them to have that interaction with their legislator, and, and legislators are going to want to have that interaction with their county. We just hope that they can use technology to maybe do that, not place the legislators or uh, themselves in any potential harm. Uh, we are going to encourage Zoom meetings. We are going to encourage that uh, if counties do feel like they can social distance and, and have a gathering uh, and comply with uh, the directives from the Department of Health and the governor and still have that meeting, that they offer their legislators uh, a chance to Zoom in maybe instead of being there in person. And that way the legislator gets to hear from their folks back home, which is very vital for legislators. At the same time, uh, our counties can tell them not only about Arkansas Farm Bureau's priority list, but also the issues that really affect their county uh, from back home. And so we certainly encourage them to, uh, to communicate. We just have to realize that in 2021, you may have to do that communication in a different way. You may have to do that uh, via a, a screen uh, or a computer screen or a phone screen or an iPad or uh, however, you know, it might work. But that's the reality. Uh, business is being done that way. Legislators are comfortable with that. And so we're going to encourage them to do it that way and just protect everybody and, and let's get through this and, and, uh, and at the same time be able to communicate with their, with their legislators. Another hallmark of Arkansas Farm Bureau and our successful lobbying program on our policy issues has always been the ability to develop these relationships, uh, Jeff, that you just referenced. Uh, we, you know, we're two months away uh, away from the election back in early November. Uh, how many new faces, how many new legislators uh, will we need to be getting to know and develop these relationships with? Uh, what did... Uh, uh, the election reveal as far as uh, new members of the General Assembly? Well, I, unfortunately, I don't have the number offhand. I know it was around 14, I believe. I think the number I heard from the House. Um, in the Senate, there are some new faces, but they all uh, were former legislators. Or they, they're coming from the House over to the Senate. Uh, only, okay. I believe, uh, two in the Senate that uh, the new faces that are don't have any prior experience. So you're going to see uh, uh, some others that, that do have experience, you know, coming over. And so uh, it's, it was pretty normal. Um, I know we have term limits in Arkansas, uh, but the reality is a lot of legislators either choose not to run again on their own, and we saw that. Um, you know, this is a pretty demanding uh, profession, <laughs> Being a, 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 a member of the General Assembly, you spend a lot of time away from home and you spend a lot of time uh, answering and helping constituents. And so um, it, it can take a drain on some folks. And so you, you see that just about every, every cycle, you know, folks deciding not to come home. So uh, good to see some new faces and some faces coming back, but just maybe in a different chamber. So, uh, uh, and again, it will be a challenge for us to, you know, be able to forge those relationships. We'll be doing the best that we, you know, possibly can and making sure that they understand uh, Farm Bureau structure and that they have folks back home 
that uh, will communicate with them and visit with them and, and let them know some of the issues that are important to agriculture and rural Arkansas and that we are a resource for legislators as well. We'll let them know what's going on and, and some of the things and, and what's good for agriculture and what's good for rural development. Have the priority issues changed from the last session of the General Assembly as far as the Arkansas Farm Bureau's priorities as we uh, anticipate this new session? Yeah, we've got some different ones uh, on, on this year's uh, list. Uh, some that's already we have been working on, uh, and then, of course, through our policy development process, our members uh, come up with these issues, and our on our state board also kind of sets the tone there as well. And so it's nice to have uh, some marching orders to go, going in and, uh, and be able to do some things in a proactive way. One of them, of course, is to reestablish a state meat inspection program under the Arkansas Department of Agriculture. Uh, we know that there is a shortage of, of uh, and only three facilities that have a USDA inspector. And so when we've dealt uh, with producers and uh, the custom processors across the state having conversations with them, they felt like this would be a real benefit uh, to them and to the consumers of Arkansas. The idea that you'd be able to go to a retail establishment or restaurant and be able to buy Arkansas beef or Arkansas, um, uh, an Arkansas hog product. Uh, we think that this is, uh, has a lot of long-term benefits. It will take several years for the program to get up and running and to be established. But, uh, you know, with the COVID-19, you know, and the breakdown uh, temporarily, of course, of some of the process, the large processing, we saw uh, a shortage of protein on the shelves, and so you, a lot of folks were saying to legislators, "Hey, we we don't have these options," and so we think that this will help in that endeavor. Uh, we also think it will provide some options for local school districts to buy locally. Uh, this is a a job creation uh, issue. Uh, we think that it's got a lot of benefits to it, and, and we've got a co coalition of groups: the Arkansas Cattlemen's Association. Uh, we've got the Arkansas Pork Producers Association. We've got some local restaurants. We've got uh, a school district. We also have some nonprofits like the Food Bank. Food Banks of, of Arkansas are all on board on having this uh, a state meat inspection program. So we feel confident that we can get something there, at least move the football down the field on, on that one. We also are pushing to continue provide getting resources to provide broadband access, especially in in the rural Arkansas areas that are underserved or unserved in um, in broadband. This is the high speed internet. Uh, we are in the twenty first century, Ken, and uh we yep. have haves and have nots when it comes to internet. And you know, with the COVID that really exposed an issue that we knew was there all along. And so when the schools shut down and kids went home the kids that went home with inter to, to internet access uh, versus the kids who went home with no internet access, you created quite a um, an ordeal there, and schools had to scramble to to try to help that, and uh, we we've got to solve that. That's the highway what the highway program or the electrification program of the 20th century, high speed internet access 
is the 21st century version of that. And so we want to then we want the state to continue to put resources there to partner with the private providers and get broadband internet across the state of Arkansas. And of course, on top of our list is also uh, looking at levies. You know, the last cycle we saw um, some levies along the Arkansas River and some other places fail. And uh, dealing with the levy districts, uh, it's a complex issue, but we see that, you know, some of them, you know, uh, aren't really functioning the way that we think they should. And so we'd like to address uh, that in some way. It's kind of a nuts and bolts type of uh, legislation that may come out of that. But we want to see levy boards be more active in participating, raising funds uh, to keep those uh, levies up and with, uh, you know, stronger. We, when levies break, it seems to always happen in rural areas or agriculture areas. And so we, we would like to see the levy situation improved in Arkansas. And then, of course, the last of our top priorities, uh, we have a secondary list, obviously, and, and I'll go over that. But, you know, the Arkansas Supreme Court ruled um, that there needs to be a change on the how the plant board, the membership is, is made up of. And so we, uh, we're working with some legislators with the idea of uh, – of how the plant board members are appointed by the governor and what groups they represent. And uh, we we feel strongly that we want to continue to have the plant board as a, as a regulatory board and have its independence. And uh, and so we'll be we'll be working with some legislators on that. As usual, uh, we always look at, at the tax situation for agriculture and and, and rural folks. Uh, we also want to see some some additional efforts put on our forestry industry. Uh, that's really an untapped uh, resource there. Uh, we'd like to to have a change in the Arkansas lemon law when it comes to uh, those large pickup trucks. There's a little window there of, of trucks that are are not covered in Arkansas but do meet the the classification on the federal level. So that's kind of a cleanup. And uh, so. Those are some issues that we're going to be monitoring. There's some others, but those are probably the big ones that we'll we'll be monitoring and and uh, and looking at in, during the 21 session. Well, that's quite an important list. Uh, very important. All of those issues are vital, not just for Arkansas farmers and ranchers, but as you said, all of rural Arkansas. Uh, certainly, the broadband issue uh, right there. Uh, and, and we need more funding. We have made some inroads and strides in certain regions of the state over the last 12 months or so, getting some grant money available, but we've got to do more on that. So uh, as you say, as school continues and, and other Arkansans continue to work from home, they can continue to do that uh, with high-speed Internet access. Well, Jeff, thank you so much uh, for Planning, you know, kind of what's facing you and, and your colleagues down there uh, in your department and representing Arkansas Farm Bureau Capital uh, beginning next Monday. And then, uh, as we've always promoted, uh, Arkansas Farm Bureau, the strength of the organization is our volunteer farmers and ranchers, the grassroots nature of the organization. And uh, it'll be, become even more incumbent upon them, won't it, back home uh, to stay in touch with their legislators. Absolutely. We're going to be 
encouraging our folks uh, across the across the state to uh, continue to develop those relationships, and uh, and it'll be more vital than ever uh, that they help us out and and use the technology that we have, the Zoom, and uh, uh, to to have that face to face without being face to face, I guess. And uh, but uh, now more than ever, that's important. Protect everybody and and just know that this. This is not how it's always going to be, but it is the way it is this this year. And so hopefully uh, with the vaccines and everything going forward that hopefully by the 2023 session uh, that year uh, we can ha- get back to having events in person and, um, and having farmers stay at the Capitol and things of that nature that are always fun events and always good events and, uh, and everything. There's nothing like uh, face-to-face meetings. Uh, it's just uh, how we are as, as human beings, uh, but uh, we just won't be able to do that as much this time. Well, best of luck, Jeff. We'll look forward to keeping in touch with you as the session gets kicked off and we go through the session over the next several months. We appreciate your time. You bet. Thank you, Kim. And speaking with Jeff Pittsburgh, Director of State Affairs for the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation, on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. Next, Keith Sutton talks to 19-year-old Grace Pepler of Harriet, who opened a new micro-dairy operation, Dewline Dairy, last month. Dewline Dairy is part of her family's Searcy County agritourism operation, and she hopes to use the milk from her Jersey and Jersey cross cows to make treats to sell nationwide. Welcome to AgCast. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau, and today I have a very special guest, Grace Pepler, uh, who lives in Harriet, up in uh, Searcy County, up in the Ozarks. Uh, welcome to AgCast, Grace. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, let's see, you're 19 years old, is that correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. And uh, you just did something that's a little bit amazing, maybe, <laughs> in this day and age, uh, in a time when... Uh, uh, dairies are struggling. You're starting a brand new micro dairy, and uh, I think back in December you had your grand opening. What can you tell us about your about your micro dairy? So yes, we had our, our grand opening on December first, um, and so it was kind of an unexpected journey that took place. Um, we had started making some cookies, and one of our friends said, oh, these are really good. You should look into selling these. And so we thought, okay, so we'll you know, do a little research and see about shipping these. And right as we were fixing to ship them, we got a notification from the Department of Health saying that we had to be a certified dairy before we could sell anything. And so, right, so that happening, we sort of had to stop everything and switch gears a little. And so a private investor came in and gave me a no-interest loan and helped us get things set up to where we could put our things for production in. And so we did our research, got everything that we needed, and then we opened up the dairy in December. And so now we are good to start shipping cookies again. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to kind of tell people a little bit about the overall uh, operation there. You're 
uh, dairy is called Dude Line Dairy, D-E-W, right? Yes, sir. And you're really going to be part of a bigger operation that you do with your mother, Ruth. Uh, it's called Dogwood Hills Guest Farm. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. Well, tell everybody a little bit about Dogwood Hills and, and what y'all do there so they'll understand that. Okay. So Dogwood Hills is a homestead guest farm. We have our barn, and that's sort of a commons area that people will come down and visit. They'll learn basics about some sustainability. Um, so they'll have another house that they will stay in while they're visiting with us. And then they'll come down in the mornings typically and they'll do some of our chores with us, with us, which include hand milking and the fodder. Uh, so they'll feed the cows. They can look at the chickens and feed them. We have a variety of animals that they can interact with, um, several dairy goats that free range out in the woods that they can hike with. Um, so they'll do that and then they'll come upstairs into the barn and have a farm-to-table breakfast with us. And depending on their day, they'll either sometimes stay on property hiking or they'll do a class with us. Or if they want to get out, there's tons of things that they do in our area, a lot of outdoors things. We're right by the Buffalo National River. So in the summertime and fall, they'll do a lot of um, canoe trips or kayaking. Um, and then there's lots of other educational things that they can do locally as well. Wow. I mean, this sounds like a really fun adventure to come visit y'all's farm and be able to participate in what's going on and learn more about uh, where our food comes from and uh, be able, actually able to do some hands-on things. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, you you started uh, raising cows through 4-H. Is that right? That is correct. Yep, so our name for the Dewline Dairy was originated from one of the first cows that I purchased back in 2013 with a youth loan that I took out with the Farm Service Agency. For $4,000, I bought Dewdrop and three cows. Oh. <laughs> yep, and our original fodder system. And so um, I, I raised and um, showed my cows and my calves, which then I would sell or through fairs would use the money to pay back my loan. And then um, now that I've been breeding them for several years, uh, I have now three generations on the farm, starting with Dewdrop, and so then her daughter Drizzle and her granddaughter Missy. So that there was the inspiration for the Dew line being her lineage of daughters. All right, and what kind of cattle are they? They're mostly Jerseys. Uh, Dewdrop is a registered Jersey, and so is her daughter. Uh, I have a couple others that have some Holstein in them, and then I have a mature Jersey as well. One of the things that I've tried to do throughout my breeding program is breeding my sizes down, especially since one of the markets when I would be selling my cows was homestead cows. Uh, people that are just starting out don't necessarily want to have to feed a, you know, 1,800, 2,000-pound cow uh, right. for a gallon of milk that they're going to get. <laughs> so <laughs> we bred our sizes down so that you don't have to feed as much of a cow but still get wow. enough milk for your homestead family. So you've been doing this more than half your life, it sounds like. So yeah. uh, you know a lot about uh, Jersey cows, I suppose. <laughs> Um, I, 
I'm always learning. Um, so <laughs> I've, uh, you know, asked a lot of questions along the ways and had many great helpers throughout the journey, um, you know, local farmers and people that have been raising, you know, dairy cattle for 40, 50 years. Um, I definitely had many mentors that I wouldn't have been able to do this without them. Well, another thing that really interested me, Grace, is I read where you raise your own fodder uh, for your cows to feed them. Tell us a little bit about that project and, and how it works and how how you came up with this very unique idea of how to do that. <laughs> so it all started um, at a seed swap, actually. Uh, one of the people sitting next to us had a setup that was sort of a, a transportable one, so they had it demonstrating and I was very interested in that because in the area of the Ozarks that we are, um, especially on our property, we don't have a lot of pasture. Um, in total, we probably have about 8 to 10 acres of pasture, which when you have 10 cattle, that's not really enough to rotationally graze them on. Um, right. You're having to do feeds and other things. So I started looking into the fodder system. I went to... Farm Tech and did their, looked at their website and stuff, and so when I got the loan to take to buy Dewdrop, I also bought the fodder system, which the original system was a PVC pipe rack with four by eighteen foot trays, or I'm sorry, eighteen inches by four feet long trays, um, where we would spread and sow the seed, and it would water. And so the thing with the hydroponics is that it's grown just in water. There is no dirt, there's no growing median or any other nutrients that you need to put into it. So it gets all of its original nutrients from that seed. So over wow. the of the time that we've been doing this, we have now upgraded our system twice. And so now we have it in a 40-foot semi-trailer that we've sort of built a barn around and so it's completely enclosed and we have you know our racks set up on the one side where it'll automatically water three times a day and then we'll you know seed and harvest the the fodder every day and then the, give it to the cows one of the reasons why we did barley is that because it puts a two percent cream fat extra into the milk. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So especially on my, my Holstein crosses that don't necessarily have as high of a cream content genetically, having the barley fodder for them really increases that cream. This is all just fascinating, Grace, what you have accomplished in in your young life already. And uh I can't wait. I hope I can come up someday and see what you're doing, and maybe we can even do a video to show people. But this is really kind of astounding for a youngster. You're a, you're, you're an adult now, but you started when you were just a, a child, and uh, you've really turned this into something amazing. Well, thank you. Now, what what do you hope to do with the dairy products? What kind of products will you have, and, and how will people uh, be able to sample those? 
So our goal is to be able to ship our ricotta cookies that are all, you know, made on the farm with the milk that we produce here nationwide and be able to increase our shipping. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I ran space for a second. Um, Increase the um, products that we're shipping and the amount that we can ship. Uh, So as of right now, we have four different kinds of ricotta cookies and about four different kinds of cream scones as well. Wow. Then we've also been experimenting with some tea cakes that also include the ricotta cheese made from our farm. Now, I would assume if somebody comes to visit Dogwood Hills that uh, maybe they'll get to to taste some of that while they're visiting. Is that right? (laughs) Yes, sir. One of the things that we always say, there's always coffee and cookies available for anybody that stops by. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, this is all such an interesting uh, thing that you're doing. Now, if somebody would like to uh, find out more and maybe plan a visit to Dogwood Hills or learn more about your cookies, how would they go about that? So they could visit our website, thefarmex.com, and they could also go to our Facebook page, Dogwood Hills Bed and Breakfast. Um, And so everything that they would need is there, and then they can also call us. We're pretty much always home. (laughs) Okay, and you can share that number if you'd like. Okay, so our phone number is 870-448-4870, and it'll probably either be myself or my mother answering the phone. All right, and for folks who don't know where Harriet is, can you kind of give them an idea where you're located? So we're on Route 27 between Marshall and Yellville. So we're sort of tucked out in kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, we normally say, you know, people know where Branson, Missouri is, and we are yeah. nine minutes south of Branson. And you're really close to the Buffalo River. A lot of people yes, know that. Yeah. We're only a few miles from the Buffalo River. Um, so, I mean, if they could come here and then they could, you know, check out the Buffalo River. We have, I believe, 28 miles. Oh, I'm sorry, 48 miles of the Buffalo National River in our county. All right. We have a lot of (laughs) There's just so much to do up there. We encourage folks to plan a trip, come up, and learn all about what y'all do on your farm, maybe milk a cow or uh, (laughs) pet the goats, and learn something about uh, your food and where it comes from, and, and spend some time in the outdoors while you're there as well. Yes, sir. It's a beautiful place to get out and really get back to, you know, your roots and and to rediscover, you know, where your food is coming from and how it's produced. Well, and you're an amazing young lady, Grace, and uh, we really appreciate you visiting with us on AgCast today. Uh, We uh, hope, like I said, maybe we can arrange a trip in the future and, uh, come up and do a little video and show folks uh, what you got going on up there. But we appreciate that. Yes, sir. That would be wonderful. Well, thank you for your time today, and best of luck with uh, Doodline Dairy. And uh, we really appreciate you being with us, Grace. Yes, sir, and I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. That's all for the first Arkansas AgCast of 2021. We'll be back next week with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.